but the last player that the Lakers drafted and that became like that Hall of Fame player. I think James Ooh. Worthy is the last player that I could think of. Correct Man, me if I'm wrong gonna, out I there. I thought you were going to say champion, but I was going to say my boy Andrew Bynum. But he did not have a Hall of Fame career, no. <laughs> Thank you for downloading and listening to West Box Score. I'm Alex Gonzalez, joined once again by my two sports homies, Donald Pa, Sonny, and Mono. What's up, gentlemen? Yo, what's going on, man? Guess who's back? <laughs> oh, the <laughs> triumphant. <again. laughs> Sonny's back. That's right. Tell your friends. Yeah, that really right. goes. Sonny and Mono is back from the Fox Great Podcast, Sonny and Mono, the world yep. famous Fox Great Podcast. Put some respect on his name. That's right. Hey, shout so, out to Primo Rick for putting down a fire set uh, this weekend. If you didn't get the chance to catch it, go to uh, our Instagram page at the Fox Crate. And check out, if you just want, just put it background noise, man. 40 minutes <laughs> of just bangers. He did his thing. It was uh, it was something we've been meaning to do more often this year, but we just didn't get around to. But he did promise, he delivered on his promise, which on our episode one, you know, I called him out for. And, and he, uh, he laid out a set. So go check that out. Yeah, I caught a little bit of it. I, th- I think I saw you in there too, right, Donald? Did you catch some of it? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did catch it. I, I caught uh, probably like a good like a good couple minutes of it. And then what happened is I saw that you guys reposted it for people to watch mm-hmm. afterwards. So I ended up watching yeah. like a majority of it on on the repost. Um, so that was really cool. But yeah, definitely if you, you love good tunes, you love good grooves, man, I would definitely recommend that mix. It's a really good, feel good mix. Like Sonny said, just like a dope thing to play in the background while you're making something. While I was making something on Instapot. Yeah, while, while you're sure. preparing those tamales for, uh, exactly. for Christmas. You know? <laughs> nice. I'm going to have to download it bootleg style, listen there to it yeah. when I want to listen to it in my free time. Well, hopefully I could get it up on Mixcloud soon. That's the goal. It's oh. always been to like get them, get them out on Mixcloud or SoundCloud. Dope. And then, that's no, dope, man. But anyways, I digress. No, I'm happy please, to be back, please boys. put that out, man. Uh, music, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> plug, music plug, and plug, sports man. intertwine so much, so man. That's right. So that you got to check out Fox Crate podcast there. Primo Rick doing his thing. Check out that spin session he got out there on Instagram right now. So there was a nice session on Thursday night football that was in SoFi Stadium, the home of the Los Angeles Rams and Los Angeles Chargers. Put some respect on both their names. That <laughs> SoFi Stadium is theirs. Uh, the Rams took care of business on Thursday night. And I saw a really funny meme. It was a um, it was a score of the Patriots game when the Patriots blew out the Chargers 45 to nothing. And then the, you know, the final score of the Rams Patriots, what was it? 24 to three. So it was like, this is what happens when you mess with little brother, big brother comes along. And it's like, no, <laughs> that, that's not what it's like at all. Because if, it re- you know, the Chargers are not little brother to the SoFi stadium co- uh, cohabitants there. At, at SoFi Stadium up to the LA Rams. They're not the little brothers. They are a good NFL team. As I think Sonia said, the most exciting losing, one of the most exciting teams to watch of that losing record. Doesn't yeah. really reflect, man. They're an exciting team to watch, which was evident by what we'll get into this Sunday. We'll talk about it in a little bit. What's up, Sonny? I am curious, though, and maybe you guys can speak to this, but what is the general... I See, I don't mess with the... I don't mess with the... Uh, with the um, What's it called? The Reddits. <laughs> the Twitters. And the, sub, and and the, the, the internet communities. And, <laughs> and the Twitters of the world to know what the communities are. You are the as... oldest millennial ever then if you don't do <laughs> that. Right. That's right. Put some respect on it. Um, <laughs> to know what the relationship is 
between Charger fans and Rams fans? Is there like a mutual, like do Charger fans, because I feel, personally, I feel like the Rams have gotten more of the shine since coming to LA. Um, But I also feel like the Chargers have been the better team for longer, not during their time in LA, but I mean like over the last, 10 years. Well, you know, well I found this meme on a, on a <laughs> pro uh, Rams uh, uh, fan page on Facebook. So I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool that they're like seeing the Chargers as a little brother, which is a respect thing, but not Isn't really. It disrespectful? It's kind of though, right? It's kind of, it's, uh, that's why I took it as, a, but it, I put, I took it as disrespect because yeah. they're not little brothers. I mean, brothers, you could say, cause they're, you know, cohabitants in there. If it was, you know, it's different between the Chargers and the Rams co-occupying a stadium as opposed to the Lakers and Clippers because they're not in the same division they're different right. conferences so i don't have to see them as threats as you've pointed out to me sonny before because i i kind of did and then like the hard knocks and like seeing them doing seeing their fun atmosphere it kind of turned me around like you know what you're right la's that stadium's big enough for both yeah. let's enjoy both teams there but is that you, the general you helped in like that's me as a quote-unquote okay. enlightened sports fan because <laughs> yeah, i don't that... think a lot of sports fans feel this way okay so that's my question. I, I think I think you got to answer. I think um, Donald will probably be best positioned to answer this. So, how do you see Rams fans treating you in those uh, Charger uh, Reddit forums? Um, no, I think for the most part, yeah, on Reddit and on Facebook, uh, Chargers groups, the, everyone's under understanding that it's not really like our stadium in terms of like in terms of the the lead, the agreements on the paper. You know, we all know that Stan Kroenke bought that property, and that's you know Stan Kroenke's property. Um, and we're just tenants. So for the most part, like Chargers fans don't like the idea of having to uh, not own that. Um, but at the same time, like uh, we do understand that our owner is not that rich either. Like, you know, <laughs> like it was probably either this or go to Vegas. You know what I mean? Um, so it was just, you know, and it's funny because um, for, you know, just any NFL team, it just kind of, it's it's surprising that there's tiers, but there are tiers. There's tiers of ownership. You got your Jerry Jones, your Cronkies, your, um, the England, New England Patriots, uh, Robert Kraft. And then you got those that are like underneath mm-hmm. and then Chargers, Raiders are usually towards the bottom and, uh, they don't really mm-hmm. get a lot of rights. They, they're the ones that usually share stadiums. So, um, it's kind of one of those, like, yeah, like, would it be nice to have our own space? Yes. But, um, you know, right now we'd only be able to get like a soccer field and that's kind of what it, <laughs> what it is. So, um, you know, very realistic on that end, but we do understand that like at the end of the day, like we just come in, we play and then the other team plays and then they just switch out fields and the names and everything and the marketing gets moved. But yeah, there's no real animosity or anything crazy like that. I mean, um, Charger fans are really chill. Like when I go to the games, like I could totally tell like it's a different demographic. I mean, um, I've been to Chargers Raiders games and it's totally two different like demos that are in the, <laughs> in the, in the stadium. And, uh, it's crazy, but uh, it's it's just kind of what it is. It's it's super like Chargers fans are just really chill, laid back. I, I think what it is is that Chargers fans know that the Rams fans are essentially bandwagon fans. Like mm. they're, <laughs> okay. they're they're Johnny Come Latelys that you know just because a team happened to to now be in their backyard <laughs> that they're like, oh, there's something to root for now. Okay, I can switch my allegiance from my previous team. Whereas I think Charger <laughs> fans have been more loyal. 
even when they were in San Diego. So I think that's the difference. I think Donald was par- putting a very positive spin mm. on it, but the more I was kind of dissecting, he was being- I, I, Donald being never very, said anything about Donald, Donald was being very diplomatic there, but I could read in between the, uh, wow. the lines you just uh, Don- You just <laughs> ma- wrote a bunch of lines for Donald is what it sounds like. You didn't Donald, read in between any I'm, lines. Donald, tell me I'm lying. Tell me I'm lying. Say, <laughs> clear this up for Alex. See, I rest nah. my case. Oh, man, <laughs> you're funny, dude. You're funny. But my LA, my LA Rams, my newfound team, the LA Rams. Yes, because ever since they came in 2016, I believe it was, I pledged all allegiance, all allegiance to my LA Rams. A big shout out to my mom, who's always been an LA Rams fan since they went to St. Louis and still stuck by them. And then they came back. So if anything, I have, I have that in. I have a family member who's always stuck by the Rams. Oh, is, that, is that how we're doing it? Yeah, sure. I got, I, got, I got mothered in instead of father and grandfathered in. I got mothered in to the LA Rams fandom there. So there you go. And uh, my LA Rams took care of business against the New England Patriots. Does that mean that there are now... They put up the uh, Super Bowl 53 title on the line in, during, this, during this game. And then now they're the new... <laughs> the new... And new Super Bowl Fifty Three champions? No, that's that's no. not that's not how it works. Okay, too bad. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> they really yeah. they really should have gotten that title. God damn it! But how about that flipping the script? Where now the Patriots only put up three points instead of the Rams only putting up three points. So big ups for that. Jared Goff looked better. I wouldn't. I still am not a hundred percent sold on Goff, man. I'm sorry. I yeah. know every time. So this is another thing in that uh, L.A. Rams uh, Reddit's and Twitters. Whenever the Rams win, it's like, well, where are you Goff haters at now? Like uh, we're we're still here. We're, we're still here, man. <laughs> this is not necessarily a golf win. And even McVay, man, with some of the play calling when they get in the red zone, I'm always so upset when they have to settle for field goals when they're within ten yards of punching it in, man. Like, come on, call something better. You have like first and ten. You, I mean, you have like first and goal, and you don't, and you have to settle for a field goal, man. Come on, you got to do some better play calling out there. And but I digress. Twenty four to three was a big win. Goff, you know, threw a touchdown. Actually, ran for a touchdown in. They punched it in. That was one of the ones where they were down in the red zone. It's like they're gonna have to settle. They're gonna have to settle again. God damn it! But they punched it in from the one. Goff took it over the line. But this really was a Cam Akers coming out party, man. This is our new running back. One, that's it. There's no more debate. There's still going to be, I'm sure, a committee with Daryl Henderson out there getting some um, rushes here and there just to give Cam Akers a break every now, every drive now, uh, now and then. But 171 yards, man, something like um, the most yards uh, by a Rams rookie since the bust, Jerome Bettis, man. So big ups to that. Uh, five, uh, averaging just under six yards a carry, man. This is our new number one running back. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I as it stands right now, the first place Los Angeles Rams. Well, so NFC West first place. Let's not get NFC West. Away here. NFC not okay. Third seed right now Correct. in the NFC. Yes. So put some respect on that name. Yes. Get out of there. Okay. But it's I do just this whole 2020 weirdness. Is it a real? Are they a true third seed? Even I don't. I don't really know. I don't know what Rams team is going to show up one day. So they're taking on the winless Jets next. (laughs) And this worries me as those quote-unquote trap games. I don't know, though, man. I don't know. Sonny, I love that you're shaking your head no. Come on, man. I just don't know. So they they take on the winless winless Jets next, then Seattle and Arizona. 
those are going to be the last two games that are going to be truly telling for these Rams. Do I ask you first, Sonny, and then Don, I want to get your take on this. Is this a Rams team that can do some damage in the playoffs? Sonny, what do you think? All right, so I know I've been on record here as previously saying that this Rams team, I believe, was uh, fraudulent in many ways by evidence of their two losses to my 49ers team uh, this season. But as you mentioned, with the year that's been COVID and this wackiness that has been kind of going on in the league, uh, the parody is real this year. I feel mm-hmm. like more than any other year. And and because of that, I really think it's just going to be a matter of whoever's rolling, the, like whoever's the hottest going into the playoffs is my pick to be like, yeah, that team's legit. Mm. Um, and that could be the Rams right now. It could be they, they literally ride Cam Akers to the Super Bowl, potentially. Like I can see that happening. Um, I can also see them losing in the first round. It just depends yeah. on, again, what team catches fire. I mean, th- there's a chance they pl- they potentially play, I guess as the number three seed, they'd play the four seed. Is that right? Uh, as it was projected today, I think I saw mm-hmm. the graphic. Uh, the, they would the, take the, on the Tampa fives. in the first round. Okay. Yeah, uh, the three see, versus and, six. And would any of us be surprised if they lost that first round match? Of course not. Of course exactly. not. So that's why it's it's hard to say. Um, I do think they're now, obviously, they, they are a, def, uh, a legit playoff team and, and, mm-hmm. and one that can possibly go far. But I guess I want to see how they finish the season. You know, I want to see if they if they catch that momentum. Um, because, <laughs> again, like you said, your quarterback, nah, not, no, doesn't do it for know. me. And, I, and I'll get to quarterbacks who don't do it for me in a bit. But, uh, <laughs> but your quarterback for sure doesn't do it for me. I, I, I'd have a hard time betting on the Rams just because of your quarterback. So I hear you. We'll I, I hear you. Donna, what do you think about these uh, L.A. Rams? I think they're definitely taking care of the season, which is the important thing. I think that uh, obviously at this at this part of the season, I don't think division matters at this at anything anymore. And I think unless you're like Seattle, um, but uh, them winning the division, I could see that happening. I know the Chiefs clinched their AFC mm-hmm. West uh, title. So, um, I mean, we are getting towards that part of the season where um, it's starting to get a little thicker. You, you know, uh, there's less room for mistakes. And um, I think, just like Sonny said, I think that it depends on the opponent and who's available and who isn't. And uh, we always got to remember about the COVID. And at any given moment, you know, a positive test result can can mess anything up. Um, who was it uh, that uh, tested? Uh, Des Bryant, right? That tested positive for Baltimore, like that warm up. Right. So um, you get stuff like that. It, it can swing the game. And uh I think that's going to be the bigger, like the bigger uh, conversation is is how suited up is the team that the Rams are going to face? Like how suited up are they going to be? But uh, I think that they have the ability that the window's there for them to take it. It's I think it's there. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's how I feel about that team right now. And vice versa. What if Cam Akers were to contract it? You know, have to go it out with injury. That would really yeah. hurt their chances. On the flip side, if Goff got it, no one would tell the difference. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> All that I'm just, um, but you know, calling this now wild prediction of 2020 because 2020 has been so wild. Rams Bills Super Bowl, it's gonna happen. 
Oh, really? Lock it in. Rams, Bills. Can I get the field? Can I get some action here on the field? Literally any other matchup. (laughs) I I want odds. I want thousand to one odds on that. Because that's nuts. The Bills are actually beating the the Steelers right now as we record this. So that is nutty. That Bills team is legit too. They are. I mean, Trust me. I saw them firsthand. <laughs> you and me both. Yeah. I think all three of us saw did. that Bills yeah. team. We did. So th- that's a, re- defense, that's a legit man. team. So Crazy. Donald, dude, that quarterback, man. Jo- what is Josh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Jo- Josh Allen. I can never forget the name anymore. <laughs> Can't. <laughs> it's not Jake Allen to me anymore. He's Josh Allen now. <laughs> he, he, he gets name rem- remembrance from me now for sure. So uh, Donald, your charges were in action at our stadium, SoFi Stadium. How do they look on the field today? They looked okay. Uh, they played against a team that was pretty much the mirror image of them. <laughs> and uh, it almost felt like a game of hot potato of who was really going to take the W. And it felt like both teams were trying to give it to the other team. They were like, no, you win it. No, no, you win it. No, you win it. And um, <laughs> it, it finally just came down. I knew it was going to be a field goal to win, though. That's... They were playing hot potato yeah, with the exactly, L. Yeah, exactly, man. Um, that's why I was texting like, oh, maybe we're going to get a Badgerly field goal to win this thing. And then interception. And then they get close to field goal range. And I'm like, oh, maybe a coup uh, field goal to win it for the Falcons. And then they get intercepted. And then the Chargers take it back. And then they finally close it out with the Money Badger field goal to win it. And um, it was the most exciting fourth uh, win that we got this season. So that was really cool to see. Um, but yeah, it was, it was insane. It was like a pretty even battle, um, which is funny because now that they won, uh, both them and the Falcons have a four and nine record. So it just kind of tells you they were, the, they're the same team essentially. So, um, but, uh, I think for the most part, I think it's cool to have Austin <laughs> Eckler back. He did his thing. Um, he, when all those games that he was gone, it definitely showed that when he's there, the running game is just completely different. And, um, other than that, I think the defense did a good job, you know, of of doing their best to get. They got like three interceptions, um, which is a little frustrating on the offensive side to me because if your defense is turning the ball over to give you an opportunity to score, you should go ahead and score. So when I see three interceptions, that means that like those those could those should be converted to three touchdowns on the offensive side. But uh, unfortunately for the Chargers, they're still working out how this defense flows. Who's going to get the ball? And then at the same time, credit to the uh, um, Falcons secondary. They were on it. Like, you know, if they were throwing the Hunter Henry tight end, there was someone right there to tackle him or pop the ball out or, you know, disrupt the play. Same thing with Keenan Allen. Um, Mike Williams was hurt. He wasn't, I don't think he was in the game. So, um, and then a couple guys got banged up in the game, which affected them too. But overall, I think it's at this point of the Chargers, I mean, they, they, from what I said last week, I don't think they were going to fire anybody. And then I think the day after we recorded, they put out a, a, a news release that uh, they aren't going to fire anyone until the end of the season. They'll evaluate everything. So <laughs> I think for the most part, uh, it might be the last couple of games for some of the coaching staff on this team. But at this point, it's just like, just write it out. Let's have fun. If you get a win, you get a win. If you don't, don't get blown out, you know, but uh you know, I think for the most part, just, you know, kind of carry on with the season. And those are dangerous teams, man. Those are dangerous teams that are playing spoiler at this point. Just playing for fun, playing for pride. Look out, teams playing the Chargers from yeah. here on out. Uh, Sonny, how did your 49ers do? Well, it looks like the Niners are going to be one of those teams <laughs> that you're talking about, man. Uh, today was the battle of the NFC East, uh, NFC East division leader, right? 
Mm-hmm. Oh no, wait, the Niners aren't in the NFC yeah. East, so <laughs> not quite because they had the same record as the, the Washington football team. <laughs> Um, and somehow, if only, if only they were <laughs> somehow their opponent was battling for first place in their division while we were stuck in last place in our division. But how tough that division is, man. Tis how tough season, it is. Tis the 2020 <laughs> COVID season. Um, yeah, man. Niners dropped, got the L they dropped the dub. However you want to put it to, uh, they, to the, the Washington football team, man. And, um, all I have to say is. Man, fuck backup quarterbacks. <laughs> like, yeah. like if you have a legitimate backup quarterback, like that's a luxury. If you have then, you know, I know Nick Foles has shown as a starter he's he's not anything special, yeah. right? But when you needed him in moments, he was able to, you know, carry your offense or at least steer your offense enough to ultimately win a Super yeah. Bowl, right? We don't have that guy on our team. Um, Nick Mullins, from by all accounts, is a stand-up dude. He says all the right things every week in the press conferences. He's, you know, the teammates love him, but that dude's sorry, man. Yeah, <laughs> like man. it is so frustrating watching that dude play, especially when you know everything that we've been through this season from an injury standpoint. COVID again, the Niners were still playing in Arizona, uh, hosting the the Washington <laughs> football team in, in in Arizona, and um, yeah, man, just a just a rough end of the season. Uh, officially, I mean, I, as I've mentioned on this podcast before, I wasn't expecting us to actually make that run. Even though they were they were keeping me hooked in to at least <laughs> witness or watch. Um, officially, though, it was basketball season for me, baby. <laughs> so, you know, like, here we go. I can't wait. Uh, yeah, man, it's just tough. Niners lost. Debo Samuel got injured on the first play of the game. Oh, man. Yeah, and it was just like, well, more of the same. And, you know, I will say this about Nick Mullins, not to be an asshole, but, but I'm just going to let you – I'm sure multiple fans have felt this about different quarterbacks at different times in their lives. And maybe, Alex, you've felt this about your own, but there are certain quarterbacks who just have a look on their face – just by no their resting face that you just want to punch them in the face. <laughs> you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. Like Nick Mullins is that guy. Like he just has this look in his face that you just, it, it, and it, 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 it obviously that, that feeling is elicited even more when he makes some dumbass mistake that you're just like, I just want to punch you in the face right now, man. Like you have that look already. And yeah, <laughs> um, I think Eli Manning was one of those guys too, even though he won, even though he <laughs> won two rings, even yeah. though I won two rings. So if Nick Mullins was somehow to get us to the promised land, Hey man, whatever. That's a but, weird uh, sports psychology question. I think really, yeah. because you want your, your quarterback to like, when they make a mistake, kind of like keep a poker face and not show it. Right. But you also want them, right. Cause you want them to get over it. Right. And go out there in the next right. play and execute. But you also want them to show some emotion. It's almost like they're not showing any emotion. Like, do you, is it even registering how yeah. fucked up you're playing right yeah. now? Yeah. Jared Goff is a little bit like that. <laughs> oh, like he's Jared totally Goff, like that. Jared Goff is that's like why. That. That's what I, mean. like, I can relate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's why it's like, I'd rather my quarterback be an asshole you know, like a Baker Mayfield yeah. type, even though, right. and, and the rest of the league hate him. Right. Then you be the nice guy all the time that shows no emotion and is making the same mistakes that Baker Mayfield was making. You know, it's like, 
Um, yeah. I don't know. It, it is an interesting psychology question, but I, I, I thought I'd throw it out there because no, that's, that's true. Because man, I, <laughs> I want you, to, I want you to show emit emotion, but also correct your mistakes. Right. And that's, I think that's the most important thing. It's do you you don't see them omit omit any kind of emotion. Like they're just with that dumb look on their face, and they go out there and make the same mistake next drive, yeah. next next play, even yeah. and even and then the next game they're like the, those same mistakes rearing their ugly head. Man, you know what you need to do. Why aren't you fixing it? And they keep that same face. And I don't know, like, and, like after so many times, you just get tired of seeing the quarterback do the same thing, rip off the chin strap like they're somehow really upset. And it's like, I can only <laughs> yeah. see that like four times because you, you keep doing that. And it's like, just stop fucking throwing the ball to the other team. And maybe you won't re- rip the chin strap off. Yeah. My so, favorite is what Matt Ryan did after uh, he threw that last interception. Oh, he's throwing throw the, the helmet yeah, yeah, down onto that. the ground. That's yeah. always good. Yeah. That's so. always a good emotion. That's your that's your nail in the coffin there. <laughs> you know, you made the last fatal mistake to lose the game. Yeah. So that's very fitting, man. Well, yeah. you know who's emitting plenty of emotion right now? Positive emotion. It's our LA Lakers. Oof. As they're it's all po- I love the King the the King James uh, celebrations, the AD celebrations. Those are positive emotions when they mm-hmm. succeed. Obviously, they've succeeded very well. 2020 world champions. Yes, sir. R- recognize your daily reminder, your weekly reminder here on West Box Score that, <laughs> of that. So uh, the preseason now is underway. They've played, now they're playing their second game right now against the LA Clippers, the, uh, you know, the rentees of Staples Center. That's, that's, that's <laughs> for now, the, for now. <laughs> so the, uh, the Staples Center renters, that's what they do the, over there. So um, what is uh, your uh, thoughts? You Did you see the first game there, Sonny? I did. Yeah. I, I, was- I think you guys both mentioned uh, about one particular player. Yeah. Uh, and you, <laughs> you, I love way Donald's like, oh, he had a great game. Uh, his name escapes me at the time because he's a, he's a is he a rookie or? Um, no, this is his second year. THT. Second year. Taylor THT. Horton Tucker. Taylor Horton Tucker. Okay. Number five. Is that correct? That's right. Okay. Taylor Horton Tucker. Taylor. 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 Taylor Horton Tucker. Uh, so I love the way Donald's like, oh, he had a great game. And you're like, yeah, use him for trade bait. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, man, Sonny. No, no, no chill Sonny right here. Hey, man. Why is, t- uh, why is Horton Tucker trade bait, in your opinion? Listen, look, I, <laughs> I love the kid's game. At least, like, the flashes that he's shown um, last year, I think he only played like in 12 games last season, mm-hmm. but even then, you know, you could see out there, I think he was 19 last season, but he had this poise and, and this way about his game that just felt like, oh yeah, this dude's going to stick around in this league for, for a while. Um, and then of course he had like this huge, not breakout performance, but this huge opening performance for the first preseason game against our, our quote unquote rival Clippers and uh, and then he followed that up tonight because I think he's, he's he's dropped like 33 as of right yeah. now. He's dropped 33 oh, wow. points against the Clippers again tonight. So you know everybody's going to be singing THT's yeah. praises and as they as they were after that first game, uh, and rightfully so. Congrats to that young man. He's he's you know balling out. But I guess I just like to err on the side of um, I don't know if caution is the right word, but more realist. Right, where it's okay. just kind of like, let's not get carried away, guys. Like, it's the preseason, you know, the kid looks nice, um, but we, it's not like we can roll them out. Like, we, we're already stacked, 
You know, so okay. he's not going to get he's not going to get a lot of PT. I mean, he's he's making Frank Vogel, you know, have to think long and hard about how he's going to utilize him, which is again good for that kid. But the Lakers have never been a young developing team. We just saw how they weren't that. You know, they tried to be yeah. that, and it turned out to to be that they groomed those guys so that they can cash all of them in for AD, which ultimately got us the chip. You know, so I just. I'm reluctant to believe that the Lakers will have like a young player that they can groom and that will be ours, like that we drafted. Because name me the last person outside of maybe James Worthy. Kobe, Kobe technically, we didn't even draft, yeah, right? He was right. drafted by the Hornets, even though we traded for him right after the draft. Um, but the last player that the Lakers drafted and that became like that Hall of Fame player. I think James Ooh. Worthy is the last player that I could think of. Correct Man, me I if I'm wrong gonna, out I there. I thought you were going to say champion, but I was going to say my boy Andrew Bynum. But oh, no, he did not have a he did not have a Hall of Fame career. No. Exactly. No, champion is easy because you could write coattails. You know, as as we showed on Lakers. Not to say that your Andrew Bynum wasn't a pivotal part of some of those titles. Absolutely, he was. He was, but he was also like our fourth best player on that team. You know, so granted. Um, yeah, that's why I well, I hit back with. I mean, I I appreciate Donald's enthusiasm <laughs> absolutely. As I, I like to see it. But for me, it was like I saw dollar signs. And I was like, yes, drive that trade value <laughs> up, man. Because if we do run into like a, a rut, we can we could be like, hey, remember back when when THT was showing like he was balling? If you if he has more times or more opportunity, hey man, you never know. He could be that guy. And we just need one bite. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, Sunday with the realism that borderlines on cynicism here. But Donald, always the beacon of positivity. Donald, give us the positive views on this LA Lakers team and how they're folding up, especially THT. What do you think of him so far? I've been impressed with THT uh, for, yeah, since they got him. He was second round pick. Um, he's more of a G League talent. That's where he was last season. Um, they brought him in the bubble, which was really cool for me because I always like seeing like someone that's developing get an opportunity to play with like real guys. And I think he got a little bit of that. He got a little bit of shine, but like... Um, Similar to Sonny in regards to THC, which I don't want to drag on too much on on just him because I know there's a lot of guys we yeah. could talk about. Um, the thing is that like, yeah, right now, like you said, it's a preseason. A lot of guys shine. This was the thing with Kuzma a little bit, like during the summer league and mm -hmm. the preseason, he was just balling out. And it was like, Kuz, Kuz, Kuz. And then we saw that like in the finals, he was like almost a non-factor. He's like borderline. Like it almost yeah. wasn't like necessary for him to be there. Um, that's why Danny Green's no longer on the team. You know what I mean? And I think that with Rob Palinka, Rob Palinka's different. I think he's a little bit more cutthroat when it comes to this kind of stuff of evaluating players. But outside of just uh, THT, I mean, I think just seeing them in that first preseason game, um, for the most part, it felt like Van Frank Vogel's trying to just make sure that the other guys, the new guys that came in this season have like a... Like they're on the floor yeah. kind of like figuring out how the game plan is going to be under Frank Vogel. Just like seeing, you know, where is going to, like you know, like where um, uh, Schroeder's going to be. Like how is he going to fit? Like obviously being able to see that, you know, Alfonso McKinney and seeing if if, if there's something there with that guy. Um, but, you know, I think THT, Catcock, I know Catcock last season too in the preseason did a really good job. Like he was really impressive. But overall, like, their ceiling is more like um, G League for the most part. So they're probably going to be sent to South Bay and stashed there. 
Um, but I think for the most part, for the free season right now, it's just about getting, you know, Caruso warmed up, Shooter warmed up, Wesley Matthews warmed up, getting them familiar with the Frank Vogel system, like in a more live setting against another team, not against each other in a, in a practice. So um, I think for the most part, it's really cool. And as of right now, um, four minutes left in the fourth quarter against the Clippers. They're up 124 to 96. Um, I know the last, the first preseason game with the Clippers, they the Clippers started their guys. Like they had Paul George and... Um, and uh, yeah, they did that again Yeah, tonight. so it goes to show you that like obviously it's two different teams working two different styles, two different styles. And I'm sure Ty Lue wants to see what his guys look like already. He's probably not going to want to wait till the beginning of the season. He wants to know now how he's going to evaluate the rotation, which is a lot of it too. It's just figuring out the rotations for both teams. So, yeah. I will say this about THT and his prospects of potentially surviving and staying with the Lakers long-term. Um, he is a restricted free agent at the end of this season, but he is represented by one Clutch Sports, which, as we know, represents about... 50% of the Lakers roster oh, wow. as, as LeBron's um, LeBron's main agency, you know, uh, with Rich Paul. So who knows, man, maybe the loyalty, because I, I don't know if you guys caught LeBron singing the praises of THT as well on social course, media. Okay. Um, I don't know if that's already him marketing for his boy uh, to get him paid and to make sure the Lakers pay yeah. him well. Um, so there is, at least he has that going for him. So, so I wouldn't be shocked if the Lakers re-upped THT because he is a clutch sports and you know you got to keep AD and LeBron happy keep um, the band together come on <laughs> essentially so let's so get we'll some see. hits crank some hits out of Staples Center yeah here. man but uh but it was nice to see Mark Gasol in the purple and gold today yeah he made his debut um man I'm excited man I'm excited just just the, just in the little spurts of seeing him and this was without LeBron and AD on the court like just mm -hmm. whew, it's gonna be fun man hopefully everybody stays healthy which is not gonna happen because they're not playing in a bubble but we'll get to that eventually be before we wrap up their, our THT uh, talk here I just want to quickly because he plays small forward so what's the depth chart looking like for that is that why he must spend that time in G League because there's so much there's so much talent at that position, yeah. right? I don't think he's going to go back to the G League myself personally. I don't think, I think Donald was talking about the other players going back to the oh, G League. Oh, I apologize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like Hatcock and. So uh, you think he has a place on the bench? You think he has a place on the bench then, at, at the very least? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and again, I think he has, the way he's playing right now, I think he's got more than a, than a place on the bench to start. Um, he's not going to start when the season starts, but I think he's going to be a part of Frank Vogel's rotation, especially when you consider that AD and LeBron are going to be rested early on. You know, this was the shortest mm -hmm. preseason in, in the history of, of the NBA, yeah. I believe. So um, it, it kind of, this could be a, a real big blessing in disguise if he can continue even even 70% of the production that he showed in these first two preseason games. Interesting. We will break down more of a, pre, a season preview for you next week on yeah. West Box Score and hopefully, fingers crossed, have a guest, a first-time visitor on West Box Score. That is uh, Clipper Pablo, <laughs> yeah, the one and only Clipper fans that we know of in the world, not just in our lives, just in the world overall. We've scoured the globe. There's no such thing as a Clipper's Reddit, just so you know, it doesn't exist. You need apparently you need at least two people to start up a Reddit page, and yeah. they haven't had enough people to start up a Reddit page. So apparently that's just 
it's the way that works, man. I don't make up the rules. We just play by them. I know. Them, you know? It's, it's Galaxy and then it's Clippers. <laughs> oh, God damn it. I walked into that one, didn't I? I walked into it. The All Zoom right, 28 and the Zoom 2. <laughs> the Clipper 2 and the, and the Zoom 28, the LA Galaxy supporter group. So the LA Galaxy aren't playing anymore, but LAFC is playing this upcoming week. Um, they are playing tomorrow, as you're listening to this, hopefully. They're taking on uh, Cruz Azul. COVID jugger- Azul. COVID Azul is what we call it these days. So COVID Azul versus Los Angeles uh, football COVID. And so yep. it's uh, the COVID Clásico yep. that's going to happen here. And I love the way you have a bet against uh, our other good friend, Rick, wrestling yep. fan, Rick. And uh, just two terrible teams, man. I love the way you guys, may- I witnessed the bet. I witnessed the bet, right? Yeah. And you guys were talking, oh, our two our two lowly teams are playing against each other. And for some reason in my mind, I'm like, you're too lowly other football, American football teams on the 49ers and Buccaneers. Este way. <laughs> I mean, the, you guys root for two terrible, t- terrible teams. So oh I just, I, which ones, which uh, ones of your terrible teams? So uh, Cruz Azul, LAFC, um, they didn't play a first leg. All the other teams in this bubble are playing their second legs. So you guys are square here, one game to win it all mm-hmm. and move on. What, how do you like your chances against Cruz Azul? I'm loving them now with, <laughs> with COVID updates. I mean, no, in all seriousness, I mean, Cruz Azul just fired their manager. Mm-hmm. So uh, who had COVID? I oh, <laughs> um, So add insult to injury. And, and I think... I don't know. I, I haven't looked at the updates today, but last I checked, Cruz Azul had what something like eight players that, that had yeah, there's a lot of players the not not going. Right. So, um, I mean, LAFC is not completely out of the woods yet either. Although we do expect to have our our attacking line back with us, right? Which we were sorely missing for our matchup in the MLS playoffs against Seattle that may or may not have contributed to our eventual exit that we'll <laughs> never know. We um, will we'll never know. You're right. Yeah, but uh, but we'll see, man. It, it, you know, we, we go, we're, we're playing in Orlando, so we're going back to a quasi-bubble. Um, and it's a one, anything can happen in one game, though. But I do like our chances for this one game against Cruz Azul. Honestly, I'm praying for it because outside of just the fact that they're my team, I, the, the funny thing is, like, I, I went to this to this last matchup that I've, that I've mentioned before right. um, when they won to get to this stage. And I remember being excited because if you look at the bracket, on our side of the bracket, um, on the other, the other quarterfinal matchup, America is playing. Mm-hmm. And my pops is a diehard America <laughs> fan. You know, so for me, it was going to be like a dream matchup that we were going to be able to hope. I mean, at that time, I was thinking, hopefully see in person. Right. Which was going to be special. It was going to be like, oh, man, Club America is going to come right here and play at the bank against LASC. Like, this is dope for a game that matters. Right. Not just some exhibition or friendly. Um, And then COVID happened. So, you know, we won't be able to see it, but I'm still hoping for the matchup. Because yeah. I think it would be dope just from a historical standpoint just to have those two clubs match up against each other. Um, so uh, we'll see, man. We'll see. I mean, so the LAFC is also going to be without Bradley Wright Phillips. Didn't he uh, opt out? Bradley Wright who? Phillips. I wouldn't talk about players who aren't on our team anymore. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's terrible, man. He he was a bit of a secret weapon for you he guys. Was. At he times. was, yeah. So, I mean, that may, may hurt you guys, no? In he, a little bit of... 
He opted out because LAFC decided not to renew his contract. So that effectively made him a free agent and uh, gave him the option then to, because of the scheduling of this whole tournament, because he technically was a part of this team when this tournament was supposed to end. I think he had the option of continuing to play with LAFC for this tournament or not. And he opted out, obviously. Um, So yeah, we are Mm. absolutely going to miss that depth. But... uh, but again, as I mentioned, we'll have we'll have our uh, our golden boot winner back in Diego Rossi, and we'll have Brian Rodriguez back as well uh, to play alongside Vela, who hopefully makes a better account for himself than he did against Seattle the last time we saw him. But we'll see, man. I'm excited. I mean, I'm just excited that you know there's more LAFC soccer. I mean. Who would have known, you know, that that once we got bounced, I mean, it's going to be months before you guys get to see your Galaxy it, play. It again, will be so. months before we see uh, LA Galaxy soccer. But yesterday, or sorry, over the weekend, there was MLS Cup championship, MLS Cup final between the Columbus crew and Seattle Sounders. And that was an exciting game to watch. Hey, Donald, what, did you catch any of that game? I did. I saw it when it was already 2-0. And uh, it was just insane scene what was transpiring at at the end of the half yeah. and then into the second half where uh, Columbus Crew sealed it. Um, but I think I had texted you guys saying, oh man, it just feels like this isn't meant for Seattle because uh, coming right. into that second half, they were, they were going in. They were really trying to get a goal in just to at least give themselves some sort of a life. And it wasn't going in, man. It just felt like Nothing <laughs> went their way. Uh, the ball just did not want to go into that box. So, um, man, that's, that sucks for Seattle because they tried really hard, I think, to 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 get something out of their game. But uh, yeah, props to Columbus, man. That was a good. That was a good match. That was a good MLS final, and it was crazy seeing the fans there. I thought that uh, even though, yeah, it, you know, with you know what's going on in the country with the spike and everything i i don't like that but at the same time a part of me a little part of me was kind of like oh it is cool seeing like people have their scarves up waving the flags like oh, man like i wish there wasn't covid you know to to not feel that guilty about that but uh yeah, yeah. but it was cool it was a good game i liked it it's hard for us to fully like wrap our heads around right now because uh, LA County were in the midst of a you know safer at home order right now uh, for another week or so. We're we're kind of supposed to be hunkering down a little bit more. The numbers are getting a little bit cra- scary and crazy. So we're the idea of seeing people at a stadium looks great but it's also hey what the hell are you guys doing out there it's like hey they're in other counties that are not as crazy like high rates of of cases of covid the way we are so maybe they're afforded that luxury a little bit more they just don't give a fuck and there's a little (laughs) bit of that (laughs) so um as we're recording this i got to i was watching a little bit on the news that some of the vaccines are leaving um distribution centers now they're coming out to the on a monday uh as you're listening to this hopefully the first vaccines are going out one step closer to some form of normalcy, we hope, man. Just, you know, until then, keep washing your hands. Keep your hands away from your face. Socially distance. Wear those and masks. wear your freaking mask, yeah. man. Of your favorite sports teams, even. Go ahead and do that. Of your 49ers, of the LA Galaxy, of LAFC, whatever. Whatever your favorite uh, um, sports team is, rep them. 
Wear it on a face mask. Yeah. There you go. Then we'll have we'll be able to sit and watch them play like Columbus did. Like they the fans of Columbus were able to and see their team win the MLS Cup. It was a three to nothing win uh, against Seattle. So now I think they got to dismantle Seattle. Send uh, Rudias to the LA Galaxy. Send everybody else uh, <laughs> wherever you want. But <laughs> I love the way um, Seattle actually had a big comeback against Minnesota in the Western Conference Final. They were down two nothing. And came back and scored low, like three goals in 15 minutes to even get to this yeah. final. So that's why I was telling you guys, like, I don't know, man. Seattle's got them right where they want them. It looks scary, but like you were saying, Donald, nothing went in, the, nothing went in the net for them, man. It was just not meant to be on this night. And uh, big ups to uh, the Columbus Crew SC for winning the MLS Cup 2020. Anytime you win a championship in 2020, you get more points. I think you should count as two because this is a crazy year to do it. And as we're recording this right now, Liga Mekis is having their championship final right now. And, um, you know, who's in it is the team that LAFC beats to get there into the next stage. They, they uh, Leon. So Leon, uh, is it FC or is it Leon SC? It's a uh, group. Group, yeah. <laughs> Club. Club. Club Leon. Club Leon. And um, they're taking on Pumas. So um, I don't have a dog in this fight, but I'm always excited anytime there's a championship. Liga Mekis, uh is uh, is a fun, still fun league to watch. And Leon is w- leading one to nothing over Pumas. This would be Leon's, what is his uh, third title now in the last four years? No, no, no. Sorry. Five years. There. That sounds you, about right. I don't know the exact number. I'd have to look it up. But yeah, they, between them and Tigres, they've been like the two um, franchises that have dominated the most over the last 10 years. I guess you could throw America in there also, but. Yeah, we don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, big ups to whoever wins this. It's exciting to watch soccer. Anytime you can, Liga Mekis is an exciting league to watch. But as we were talking about Columbus having fans there, it was an interesting note that the announcers made while watching USC-UCLA rivalry game. And that's on a national broadcast on ABC7. And they would right away mention, "Uh, this is the big uh, Rose Bowl game, UCLA versus USC. Note, there's no fans here because LA County has a safer at home order. And I love the way they had to say that because of course, everywhere else in the world, college football, we got to get out there and support our boys, right? Texas, Georgia, Florida, they're all out there. It's, it's college football game day. They got to be out there tailgating. (laughs) Nah, not, not, we were lucky to get some PAC 12 action this year. And, um, uh, it was the, that game lived up to the Battle of Los Angeles moniker, man. UCLA, USC Trojans. Man, I caught the end of it, and I'm glad I did because when I was busy watching Triple Mania, uh, Mania because Triple A <laughs> Lucha Libre, man, that's also good stuff. We'll get into <laughs> we'll get into that like on a whole nother wrestling podcast, man, because that's a whole nother can of worms we got to open up there uh, with Rick and Donald and Sonny. You're always welcome, of course, to, to to talk more wrestling, as you know. But so UCLA, USC, Donald, you caught some of it too. I, uh, you were in our group text talking about it. Uh, what did you think of this uh, this rivalry game? So this game, I was watching it back and forth with the MLS Cup final but what's crazy is that like um for the most part like the first quarter it was really slow for usc they couldn't get the ball going ucla came out strong they were up seven nothing the second quarter got a little bit more interesting because then usc scored 10 points and then um 
UCLA scored a whole another touch, uh, two touchdowns. But the thing is, is that like in the fourth quarter is when it got really exciting, like pretty much the two minute warning, which um, is really what where it got intense. Um, UCLA, because there was a moment where they were just really down by like two points and it just went back and forth, back and forth, two points, two point differential. Mm-hmm. And it was 38 to 36. Uh, UCLA had just scored a touchdown. Now they have to kick off and give the ball to USC with only 53 seconds left on the clock. So obviously with the kickoff, you know, I think for the most part, all USC, all they needed was a field goal. But uh, they, and also USC had no timeouts. That's what makes it exciting is that you're trying to figure out how is this team going to win it? When they can't really, uh, the they don't have no clock management at this point. Like it's it's out of their hands. They have to make stop do, the clock. Yeah, yeah, they don't know how to. You know, you would have to figure out. Like you would have to have like the craziest offense to make something happen. But um, UCLA kicks off. USC catches the gets the ball and they do. I want to say like a, it, it was over fifty yards of a return. They got on US on UCLA's territory. Um, I think it was like fifty six yard return. Right, and then. Um, there's right, like yeah. 43 seconds left on the clock, I want to say. And then uh, they snapped the ball and uh, their quarterback, I, f- I forgot his name. It's, he was a sophomore. Oh, Slovis. Um, Kedden Slovis, he's a sophomore. He just throws mm-hmm. a dime and uh, the wide receiver catches. I forgot who the, who the receiver was that catches it, but he, he catches it in double coverage. So, I mean, there was yeah. an opportunity for him to miss it. But he catches it in double coverage and gets to go out of bounds. So it stops the clock. And there's like around 30-something-ish seconds left on it. Like, I think 32. And it's kind of crazy because they're already like at the 25-yard line or the 20-yard line. So they're like way – they're really good for field goal range. But they still had time on the clock and they had first first and goal. They got to the, the, the pretty much the goal line. So they were first and goal. And I think that's when I texted you guys like, oh, my gosh, first and goal. No timeouts. You know, this is intense. <laughs> And uh, yeah, then uh, uh, Slovis does a touchdown and then USC wins it. And uh, basically UCLA had no time to to get something back. Uh, I think by the time UCLA got it, I want to say there was like maybe like 10 seconds left or something like that, like 10, 15 seconds left. I mean, it was it was going to be really hard. Yeah, there was 14 seconds left. And at that point I was in, uh, I had another text uh, with a UCLA friend of mine and he's like, and I, and I right away sent him the USC Trojans, you know, celebrating, like, fight on. We got this one. He's like, I don't know. There's 14 seconds left. And I'm like, damn, you know, anything could happen in this goddamn game. You're right. And luckily, uh, UCLA even tried a, uh, you know, their their fl- uh, flea, flicker, flea fic- flicker, yeah. flea flicker play. <laughs> and that's how nuts this game was. And it, it did, nothing came of it. So UCLA... USC rivalry games always living up to it. And I love the way I remembered as I caught the last two minutes of it, I remembered uh, college football the last two minutes take about 30 minutes to play. Yeah. Because it's so nuts. Yeah. It, those, those college football clock, games, man. Because the clock they, stops every single time. It's so oh, stupid. Oh, man. Yeah. The controversy there is, uh, Donald, as you mentioned, is that that uh, the the pass, re- the referee's review there on the oh, reception. Oh, that's right. I missed that. And the, yeah. the, the, the UC, uh, USC essentially got a free timeout yeah. because the, the refer- officials were looking at the play, making sure it was a catch. And it was clear to everybody watching it was a yeah. catch. But yet, oh, we have to review this. So USC got a free timeout. 
And on that last play there uh, within the 10 yard line, it's kind of like it's all set up for a run. We know we're gonna, we know they're going to run. We know they're going to run. Yeah. Do do we though? Just when you think we're going to run, nice pass to St. Brown there in the end zone, man, to win it. Ah, exciting play to end it. That's when I sent that text because I knew it was over. But once again, college football, anything could happen. I have a question for y'all, Alex. You so you have an allegiance to USC, right? Yes, Donald. Do you, do you have a, a horse in the race or some uh, a team? Yeah, I I, I prefer you. You yeah, I mean, I've watched USC football too at the Coliseum. So okay, I, I mean, I grew up in the neighborhood for a couple of years right. of my life, so I've always felt like that affinity to USC. Right. I, and I ask this because, like, I I'm someone that's somewhat of a lost fan in 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 collegiate football as it is, <laughs> or just collegiate sports, right? And I say that right. because. I, of course, I remember in my younger years in high school, matter of fact, freshman year, when the glory days of Pete Carroll, who at yes. one point I rooted hard for, yeah. now I, I root hard against. Yes. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> but, you know, in the Reggie Whites and the Matt Leinerts of the world. Um, and I remember being lucky enough to go to the Rose Bowl between Penn State, Joe Paternal, oh, nice. and USC, Mark Sanchez. Oh. And um, and you know taking that in and and being all for the for the you know the the fight the, on the, Trojans the fight on. yes and then as I got older I realized like but at the same time at the same time whenever you know March Madness would roll around I would find myself rooting for UCLA to make a deep run because historically UCLA has always had a great basketball program. I- you know, yeah. so so it was always yeah, like, yeah. wait a minute, what am I doing here? You know, I don't really have an allegiance to. First of all, I never went to any of those schools, so it's always right, been weird right. to me for like people. Donald's case makes sense because he he kind of lives near the Coliseum. All right, I grant you that, but like for all of you all out there, Southern California residents who who have the little Trojan, you know, mini helmets or the UCLA mini helmets and you, and you, you wear the colors <laughs> and you pick the side. I'm just like, what the fuck are you like? Are you going there? Have your kids gotten there? Did your parents go there? Like, yeah. why are we, why yeah, do we yeah. have this, this affinity for these schools? Because I, I, I switched when, as I got older, I was like, you know what? Fuck private schools. I'm all about public schools. Like, you know, so so because of that, I found myself more for like UCLA, you know, para mi gente. Like, you know, people yeah. can't afford private schools. What are we doing rooting for them? Like, but can you afford living out and going out to Westwood every day? Hey, I mean, so Westwood. it's this whole double. I mean, when it comes to collegiate sports, it's weird. It's, it's marketed. It's marketed as a professional team though to us in LA. Like you have to pick a side. It's marketed. I understand because for for most most of our lives, right? Our our formative years, right. we didn't have a professional football team. So I and can that's understand what USC why, football mm-hmm. for me. I can understand why USC kind of fills that void during that time because they were as close as it got to the professional football team because they they represented the pack then Pac-10 or Pac-8, I guess. <laughs> uh, um, Pac-10 back then, yeah. yeah. Um, Pac-10. Yeah, the Pac-10, you know, strongly. But right. but I still feel like it's a little bit like, and maybe I'm asking the wrong person in Alex who flip-flopped for like his entire life <laughs> different teams. I, I so, have so always been <laughs> a USC football fan, but though, it, I will it, say that. But it's always felt like somewhat phony to me that like there's, 
there's many of us out there who have like picked a side between UCLA and USC. You know well, that I yeah. grant you. Yeah, that I grant you. <laughs> no, that, that I can I, I can understand because you don't have an allegiance to these schools. Yeah. I mean, at this point, you you're making an allegiance to just colors, right? A, 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 and yeah. players, yeah. and and that could go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Donald. No, I, w- I will say this. Um, since we're talking about it now. Um, and I know like Sonny just made a really big point and it's true. Like I do see a lot of the, I, I've seen it even on Instagram too. Like a lot of my buddies that didn't go to either school or probably went to like a different college. So they went to like a Cal State or whatever. Um, you know, uh, they do the whole like wearing one of the colors or the other. My, my, as for my personal experience, as far as like how I view it, it's college sports. Like a lot of these kids are just having fun. You don't know if they're going to be great or not. Honestly, I don't feel like historically USC's had a great football player that we can say like, damn, like that dude came from USC and is like a NFL Hall of Fame guy. Like even with Mark Sanchez and all that, like they did okay. You know what I mean? And I feel no, like that's, Marcus that's Allen. usually- Marcus, Marcus Allen, Allen, yeah. Marcus, Marcus Allen is that guy. Yeah, but what I'm saying is like, it's so rare. You know what I mean? It's right. usually in college football. It's usually the Alabama guys. It's someone from Georgia or Clemson that ends up becoming like the player that get some sort of MVP award or whatever. Um, it's very rare that it's USC, uh, even more or less if it's UCLA. Um, but I will say this, like when it comes to college football, like I love watching USC. I like following it. I don't watch every game, but I do like watching the big matches like USC versus Texas or USC versus UCLA. Cause at the end of the day, like I didn't, I don't really, I didn't go to the school. Like why do I, you know, I don't not have, I don't feel like I owe them like the detail to every game. Yeah. But at the same time, when March Madness comes around, I definitely love watching UCLA and I love when they're in it. And I always hope that UCLA takes it because at the end of the day, like I'm an LA guy and I want, you know, the best for both teams. And I know that USC just doesn't have it for basketball. Like they're not exciting to watch in basketball. But then the same thing with UCLA, like I kind of like watching it when it's UCLA versus Carolina or UCLA versus like Duke or something like that. But, you know, that's just my whole take on it and how I kind of perceive college sports because I know it's a lot to digest if you're trying to really follow every single college you know what I mean it's it's kind of hard to follow right I I get it for like you know in the Midwest and the South you know where where that's the only university one of of two or three you know and so chances are you know somebody who goes there or has went there or has gone there excuse me um etc but for me I find it to be more freeing and more liberating to actually not have a side between the two now, oh, as I've called it old, because now it's like I just enjoy the games, and it's and and whoever goes the furthest, like I'm rooting for because they're from LA, you know. So yeah. Um, yeah, the only time I see it as like an issue is when is when it is a rivalry like game like last night's, or you know when both teams are good, you know, which has happened a few yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like. To me, it makes no difference. Mark Sanchez, chosen Rosen, like you know, like whatever, <laughs> yeah. dude. Like it's it's outside of hey, that man, one Chip window. Kelly's, uh, Chip Kelly's we, over that UCLA dude, former Niner. That, that was the other thing. Well, that was that was another <laughs> thing. And so, and 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 this coincides also. I should add because this is another key part of that. There was a period when my wife was working for the Rose Bowl. Uh, she technically was working for Wolfgang Puck, who who catered the Rose Bowl, and with that came perks. You know, perks that I got to attend many UCLA games uh, in yeah. the suite. 
sweet life. Nice. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I found myself being like, you know, UCLA is not so bad. I like this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, my point was like, yo, like, why did we ever have an affinity for any one of these teams? Unless unless you've gone there or your parents are from there. Yeah. Or, you know, so I just thought I'd yeah, put yeah. it out there because, again, and this may be one of our listeners who's like, no, nah, fuck you. I'm UC, USC for life. Where I'm just like, why? Yeah. why? Why is that? You know, like. Yeah. <laughs> I went mean, to Keck School I, of Medicine, dude. <laughs> hey, you know, hey, 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 so check this out. So check this out. My wife, after leaving... Uh, Working for for the Rose Bowl or for Wolfgang Puck, she got hired by yeah. USC Keck. Nice. <laughs> so, so, but my point is like, so I started rooting for USC all of a again. Like, exactly. and, and you call me a flip flopper. Look at you, man. But that's why I. But to me, it was always a joke. You know what I mean? It right. was like I'm never gonna like I'm I, never gonna bleed you know, for this one team. <laughs> now that you said this, I kind of wonder if. Man, I wish we could like, obviously, I wish we could ask questions to certain people. I would like to know if you graduated from either UCLA or USC in your bachelor's and then decided to go to a master's in the opposite school. Ooh. Like, who do you root for then? Right. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. always curious about that, you know. But uh, I will say just to <laughs> kind of like um, kind of wrap it up on my end, like. I, I, to me, it's like, I just like watching a good football game. But at the same time, like if USC is going against Texas, Texas, I'm going for USC. If UCLA football yes, is agree. going against Washington, then I'm going for UCLA because I want to see LA just thrive and win, you know? And uh, yeah, that's just kind of how I see it. I agree. I'm right there with you. I, I get the sense that Alex is not on that same boat with us though, Donald. I feel like Alex wants to see UCLA football team lose. At every stop. <laughs> uh, kind of, but not really. I mean, I, I have a strong allegiance to USC football because in my formative years, this was, I did, even though like at the time, Alec didn't have a football team, I was kind of rooting for the 49ers as I've stated before, as I've stated before. But th at that time, USC's football team was doing really well and they were really excited and I was really into them. We know and you're I, a front runner. We know this. I, of course, <laughs> but I never left. Even when they they've had some bad years and they, they had to vacate Heisman's even, you know, I mean, if we, you go to like some of their, their most famous Heisman winner and hall of fame player, OJ Simpson, you <laughs> vacate that, but they even, they still have a pedigree of putting out great NFL players. Then, uh, you know, Lynn Swan. And of course the, one of the best ones among them. I mean, how can we forget junior sale, man? Like, yeah, yeah. Come on. rest in peace, man. Uh, rest in peace. But that was sale. before our time, though. It was before our time, but also Heisman winners during our time. You can't forget Matt uh, Matt Leinert, Heisman yeah. winner, and yeah. also Carson Palmer, dude. Uh, yeah. the, the guy who gets no respect. He didn't have an well, NF, a great NFL career, well, but Carson he was a great college football whoa, player. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Carson Palmer, first of all, I'd argue had the, the best career of all those USC quarterbacks all that, right. that went on, including Matt Leiner, including uh, Mark Sanchez. Sure. Uh, Carson Palmer damn near got the Bengals to a couple of Super Bowls. Mm -hmm. Um while, while he was there. So Carson Palmer was the the OG there in, mm -hmm. in terms of that new wave of that USC dominance. So that's who I vividly remember as like when right. I was paying attention to the to the Trojans. Trojans. But again, as I started getting older, I was like, wait a minute, what am I doing here? Like I ain't going <laughs> I, I didn't go to USC. I'm not I'm not going to USC. Like why am I <laughs> But that's why, right? We can we can kind of hedge it and go back and forth. 
because we didn't we didn't go to any of these schools. And unless yeah. you actually did, and Donald brings up a great question to ask, like if you did go to both, who do you root for? I mean, I think if you were smart enough to go to both schools at some point, you probably don't care too much about sports. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you too. probably and you're probably like just there for the education, literally. So you're like sports. I I, I think their football team was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> like either one of them. <laughs> So I digress, man. West box score, man. We we have such a great college uh, foundation of sports that we can go on either. It don't matter. You go for both. It doesn't matter. You can root for SC football, but then go to UCLA basketball. It don't matter unless you went to one of those schools. Then you're probably not going to go for either one. Right. You're probably I, get, gonna- I get that. I get that. Oh, man. Guys, always a pleasure to talk to you. Sonny, Donald, thanks again. Uh, it's been awesome, as always. Thank you for listening. Follow us on Twitter at WestBoxScore and Instagram at WestBoxScore. Follow Sonny and listen to his podcast, The Fox Crate Podcast. Follow him on Instagram at The Fox Crate. Donald, Sonny, that's it. We're out. Peace. Later. <laughs> <laughs>